Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating, episode number 67. So today we're talking about perhaps a not-so-fun topic of food shame. But before we get to that, so the best bite I've had this week, so it's well and truly winter here. We had snow the other morning. It's frosty this morning. And so I've been getting into my slow cooking. And on the weekend, I got a delivery of meat from my local farmer. And so I got this beautiful beef short ribs. So I made a slow cooked beef short rib ragu with a classic Italian style, like tomato, rosemary, balsamic. And then I served it with rigatoni for the boys. And for me, I made these um, amazing like cabbage wedges. They call them wonderful cabbage wedges. That's a recipe on stone soup for them. And basically it's just cabbage that you slice into wedges and then wrap it in foil with a little bit of water and some salt, then bake them in the uh, wood-fired oven. And like the cabbage cooks down. So it's like really soft and it's like a little bit sweet. And it just, it's like pappardelle pasta. Like it just, and so the soft cabbage with the beautiful ragu, so, so delicious. Anyway, plan for today is I'll share the story behind why I decided to do an episode on food shame. I feel a little bit uh, about this, but anyway. Um, And then I'm going to share like the messy way I healed my food shame and kind of go into my deep, dark secrets. Then we'll do a bit of a how-to section because the way I did it, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that knowing what I know now. If food shame is something that you do experience, like how to go about healing your food shame. And then I've got a bonus tip for you as well. So the story behind this episode, so um, if you ever looked at the logo for this podcast, I'm wearing a denim jacket. Anyway, so I was wearing that jacket the other day, you know, driving into town. It just got me thinking about, um, you know, like I've had this jacket for so long. Like I bought it in 2009 when I was like living in Barcelona for like six weeks and on sale was like amazing value. But it was one of those things like it like fitted, but I couldn't do it up properly, but I got it anyway. And it's mad because now like I can do it up, like it fits really well because, you know, obviously my body's changed since 2009 in the last you know 13 years and, you know, changed for the better. So I was just thinking about how the jacket really fits now. I'm so glad I bought it because I was remember I was really, should I, shouldn't I at the time, even though it was a complete bargain. And that got me back to thinking about like what my relationship with food was like then. And I was just had this flashback to being in a back alley in Barcelona with a chocolate cookie, like eating it and spitting it out into the rubbish bin in public. Like, yeah. Anyway, so that just reminded me of a lot of my past behaviors and some really bad habits that I had around food. And so it was like, wow, you know, it reminded me of how far I've come and how easy and peaceful my relationship with food is now, how much I love my body now and how better things are basically than back then. And I was like, wow, I really you know, would be good to do a podcast episode on this. And I did feel like a bit, ooh, and quite uncomfortable about sharing some of this stuff. But I was like, no, this if this helps someone heal their food shame and get out of that spiral, then, you know, it's worth me getting a bit uncomfortable and, and sharing. So, so that's the story behind why I decided to do this episode. <laughs> so, Back then I used to have like a bit of a binging thing, but what I would do is I would like 
eat a lot of the food, but I would spit it out. So I wouldn't, wouldn't swallow it. It was like, it's really gross. It's really embarrassing when I think about it and talk about it publicly. Uh, you know, that's what I used to do. And there were a lot of reasons why I got to that place, but I've been on it for a long time now. And yeah, like, you know, eating <laughs> cookies, it would be, you know, pasta, like you know, whatever, like eat lots of different things, but I would spit them out. But I would still like, thing is like when you spit out, like you're still ingesting some of the food. So I'd still feel gross and bloated and have lots of self-loathing afterwards. But it was this cycle that I was in. How did I get out of that? And basically like my messy solution, I think one of the things that really helped me was like just healing myself and becoming more happy in myself. So, you know, you know, becoming a mother, having that stability and being just more comfortable in my own skin um, definitely was the first step that kind of desire to binge was less because I was, you know, it was happier in my life. So that was kind of the first step. And then also like on this journey of like learning to trust my nutritional compass and eat to suit my body, I think that has been another one, like giving my body enough protein and all the nutrients it needs. So it's not craving more because, you know, I'm, I'm eating so that my body feels satisfied. So that, that was another thing. Like, so the emotional side of me being more comfortable and happy in my life turned on that desire to binge. And then also from the physical side of it, eating enough and nourishing my body in a way that felt really good, said it was getting all that it need, that kind of turned down the kind of physical desire to binge. And I, I think like, you know, with my messy solution, like it wasn't something that I decided this is a problem, I'm going to solve it. And then this is, I'm going to follow step A, B, C. Like it wasn't, I didn't, it was like a process that happened over time and it wasn't like a huge, super conscious thing. Like, of course it was something that I wasn't happy about. And I, when I was in the middle of it, felt a lot of guilt and shame about, but it wasn't like I decided one day, yeah, I'm going to solve this. It was just this kind of more organic process. So I didn't have any time frame around it. And then one of the things, so naturally, like over, over time, like I'd got to a place where the binging was not happening very often, like, you know, maybe once a month or something. And the next kind of big revelation to me was, um, you know, I was wearing a continuous glucose monitor and I had a bit of a binge session with some birthday cake that I'd made for the boy for Von and Fergal's birthdays. And I was monitoring my blood sugar at this time. And I, I couldn't believe I had this, even though I had spat out the frosting, like I still had this massive blood sugar spike. So that was like when I really realized, oh, hang on, if I'm eating stuff and I'm even if I'm spitting it out, some is still going into my body. And so that was like when I had that revelation, like this is still impacting my blood sugar and it's not a good thing to be doing. That really helped me go, hang on. When I had the urge to do it, I'd be like, no. I'm done. I don't, I don't need to do that. It's not helpful. If I want to have a little piece of cake, have a little piece of cake, but there's no need to overindulge on it. So that was another big turning point. And then also like in my coaching journey and just learning to understand the brain and how that works and how, you know, our thoughts drive our emotions and that drives our actions. Understanding that how we're thinking about food and, and how our thoughts drive everything and then realize that the shame and the guilt about things are actually, they're just created by the thoughts that we have and we can choose different thoughts. So we can actually, the shame and guilt can be optional and you can actually decide to be self-compassionate instead of thinking thoughts that are going to make you feel shame. So instead of beating myself up, I just started to practice self-compassion of going, of course I did that and making it okay when I did binge and and making like being really kind to myself in those moments. Um, and really like in terms of shame, like that 
really stopped the shame. Like, and since then, now that I am self-compassionate, like on the odd occasion that I do go back to those old patterns, I'm so much more kinder to myself and that the shame doesn't come up because of the way that I speak to myself. So and what that looks like is like, I'll be like, oh, you know, Jules, of course, like this happened, like, you know, and of course you're feeling like that. And of course you wanted to eat that. And I just talk really kindly to myself and I don't give myself a hard time about it. And then just from that place of like loving myself and being kind to myself, they go, okay, well, what can we do next? And what do we want to do differently next time? And just get curious rather than beating myself up and being mean to myself about it. And so that has really been the journey of how I did that. And I think another thing that's helped is also, you know, learning to eat at regular times and have, you know, a regular rhythm to my eating pattern and also giving myself permission to have treats. So for a long time there, would, particularly when I was first diagnosed with diabetes, I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't be having sugar. And I was, you know, on this like no sugar thing. Whereas now I actually make ice cream every Sunday and I have a small bowl of ice cream every Sunday. And so I've got that. And there's also, you know, other, like I have yogurt and seeds and peanut butter and stuff. Like I have a little treat every day. So I think having that rhythm of my week where I'm having treats, I'm eating in balance, like that feels really good. And so also I don't feel like I'm missing out. And so that urge to you know, binge on cake and whatever, like is so much less because like, I just don't feel the desire because I know I don't feel like I'm missing out. Like I feel like I'm getting what I need and what I want. So that's been really helpful as well. So yeah, that's kind of where I am at now. And it's just, it's so much more peaceful. And yeah, like occasionally I do have that urge to like have a bit of a binge. And I think it's like probably happened twice this year. So, you know, in six months, like it's it's only, it's like, you know, once a quarter. And what I do now when I have that urge is rather than hide it and do it in the kitchen and like try and pretend that it's not happening, I go, okay, I'm having this urge. I'm going to go with it. And I serve myself out what I'm going to eat and I like sit down and actually eat it and spit it out into a cup and like it is pretty gross still and I feel a bit weird sharing it in publicly but yeah like I, I find that if I do that I don't want to go back for any more like I eat whatever it is that I've served myself out I definitely don't want to go back for any more and it just it just kind of shuts down that part of my brain and that that urge to do it like for another three months. So is something that will happen less and less. And I think me being okay with the occasional binge and being kind to myself when I do that and kind of making it more intentional, that helps as well because there's none of this shame, guilt stuff that's going on anymore. So that's my messy solution. So if this is something that you, you know, you want to like heal your food shame, The simplest way is actually to, you can just decide to always have your own back. So just to remember this thing that it's like the thoughts that you have about the situation that make you feel ashamed. So those thoughts are optional and you can choose new thoughts. So you can actually, rather than thinking the thoughts of like, I'm a failure, I shouldn't be doing this, I'm terrible, you know, all those negative thoughts that make you feel shame, like, you know, something wrong with me. Instead, you can actually decide now that you can be kind to yourself and like to practice and bring in this practice of self-compassion. And just whenever you eat something that you normally would beat yourself up about, instead just bring in this beautiful practice of making it okay. Like going, of course you really overate those cookies. Of course you like went mental with that ice cream. Of course you, whatever it is, 
you know, ice cream solutions, like, you know, sugar is like, you're highly addictive, like, and that's okay. Like just making it okay and speaking kindly to yourself. And really that is enough. Like just having that practice and deciding now that whatever happens, whatever you eat, that you're going to be kind to yourself, that can stop that shame cycle in its track, which I know can seem a bit crazy, but it really is true. Like it's our thoughts about the situation that make us feel shame rather than the, than the situation itself. And we can choose different thoughts. So we can choose to be kind to ourselves, and it really does make a difference. So that's like, in a nutshell, that's all you need to do to heal that shame. However, if you want to take it further, the other thing I'd really recommend is looking at the reasons why you are binging, like why you are overeating, whatever it is that you're having. And is this something that you're not normally allowing yourself to have? And I, I think you know, giving yourself permission to have whatever that food is on whatever time frame feels good for you can be really helpful as well. Just from a positive psychology perspective, it's really weird. But once you give yourself permission to eat things, a lot of the desire for them like just kind of melts away. And if you want to go deeper on that, there's um, episode 53, which was called Ice Cream Permission, where I share um, you know, exactly how one of my students used that technique to really make a difference to her weight loss journey. And then the other other thing I'd recommend is like finding a rhythm that works for you and being intentional about your meals and snacks so that you've got, and you're making sure that like experimenting so you you find that you're eating to give your body what it needs. So it's not getting that physical craving. And then the other thing, like depending on where you're at and whether binging is a thing that you do or not, like you might want to experiment with actually being more intentional around your binges. And like when you do have that urge, just planning them a little bit bit better, like putting some thought into it and actually serving the food out and sitting down rather than trying to do it secretly and you know, not having an end point, like so that you've got and by serving your food out, then you have pause of like, do I, have I had enough? And it's weird, like, again, like that when you give yourself permission to have the binge, like that kind of, it's kind of like, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, that's enough. Like, yeah, it's easier. To, it's much easier to feel satisfied rather than if you're like, oh, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. And then you're just going for more and more and more. Yeah. And just stay, I guess the other thing I'd say about this is just, just stay open to the possibility that you can change. And if that's something that's hard for you to imagine, like you could ever get to a place where you're feeling imbalanced and feeling good about your food choices and you're happy with your body and your weight, then trust me, it is possible for you to to do this. Like I've worked with hundreds of people and like it's, we can get you there. Um, but one thing that can be really helpful is to, you know, surround yourself with people who do believe in you, whether that's friends, family, or, you know, investing in a coach and also like surround yourself with people who are on a similar journey. Like that can be really supportive with just that community and knowing that you're not the only one. Yeah. That's how I would recommend like healing your, your shame. So just to recap, like it really comes down to making a decision and in those moments, choosing to think kind thoughts and being nice to yourself. So being self-compassionate and just this phrase of, of course, this has happened and being on your own side is the biggest thing. And then if you need more help with it, like giving yourself permission to have treats and being intentional about them and also finding that intentional rhythm for your meals can be really helpful as well. And if you think it would be helpful, like being intentional, or if you are going to binge, being intentional about that rather than just going mental. 
Some resources if you did want to um, go deeper into this, definitely check out episode 53, the Ice Cream Permission episode. And also like episode 14, we enjoy proper meals because that will give you some guidelines on just, like getting into that rhythm of your eating proper meals. And also episode 57, we prioritize protein because a lot of this desire for overeating comes from restriction and comes from our body's actually being physically hungry and not getting the nutrients they need. So yeah, definitely check out episode 57 as well. Okay. And then our bonus tip is I just wanted to share a success story with you. So this was a lovely um, message I got from one of my students, Jean, and she said, hi, Jules, I'm over my head buried in a business I'm working to build, but I'm doing a lot of good things naturally as a result of this work. So I'm very pleased with the habits I've built. I plan my meals every day. I have go-to meals. I weigh every day without stress. I write affirmations about my health and ease. And most of the time I stop eating when I'm satisfied. I no longer need sugar, but I do have the occasional treat when I really want it. I haven't lost all the weight yet, but my general trend is down and everything just feels so much easier. And I know I will reach my ideal weight, whatever that is. What I realized is that it's just not a thing for me anymore. I'm not stressing or worrying over my body and what I am or am not eating. And I have habits that support me that I don't have to think about. So I greatly appreciate this work and your guidance in this. It's been life-changing. So, so happy to hear that from Jean. Okay, so let's wrap this up with a key takeaway. So if you'd like help to heal your relationship with food and break free from that cycle of overeating, shame and guilt, then I would love you to join the Naturally Healthy Club. So it's my six-month group coaching program, which gives you a personalized, simple, doable process to change your relationship with food so you enjoy eating well automatically and you feel good in your clothes. So we enroll twice a year and for more details, click the link in the show notes or if you Google stone soup and click on the coaching tab, um, you'll find it. So it's super, super fun and it's a really beautiful community and I would love to welcome you in. Okay, have a beautiful week and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.